So let us uh, take some time to reflect on the Word of God. Um, for this um, January and February, we're looking at, um, we are going through examples of faith that we find in the Hebrews chapter 11. Last week, we have seen the story of Abel and how he honored God, and his honoring of God was uh, a sign of his faith. Today, we look at Enoch, the, and we find this uh, story in. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, and we'll use this story of Enoch as a way to think about faith, uh, as an example of faith for us. And uh, the, the basic idea of Enoch's life of faith was that he walked with God. Okay, he walked with God. That's the main idea for today's message, that Enoch walk, walked with God. So I'm just going to read the passage. Um, we've got actually two passages that we're going to be thinking about uh, today. The first one is from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 to 6. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's Hebrews chapter 11. We get some idea of what kind of a person Enoch was, but not too much, right? There's not a lot of information given here. Uh, we, we see, I think, first of all, the very interesting thing is that Enoch did not die. He did not experience death. Um, and I, I, I guess that is probably one of the things that is most memorable about him, um, that he did not die. So in order to get a more clear understanding of what, who was Enoch, let's look at Genesis chapter 11. And that's where we have a more fuller picture. In fact, it's not really full, but it's a bit of a glimpse on, on Enoch. So this comes from Genesis chapter 5, verse 18 to 24. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. He walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God and then he was no more because God took him away. So there's Enoch. You can see there's not a lot of uh, um, details in the story. All we know is that he lived for 365 years. Uh, he, he had his child at 65. And most importantly, he walked with God. The previous verse says he walked faithfully with God. Such a mysterious figure. Um, and I think... Yeah, I mean, Enoch as a person is so interesting, uh, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but um, I want to stray away from the complicated <laughs> um, um, debates about who Enoch is, because it's not a lot to be taken here. I want to focus rather on the fact that he walked with God. So I want to reflect on walking with God as, as a metaphor for our life of faith. And as I was preparing, it, it struck me that there are many metaphors about life of faith, like for example, as a marathon, right, as a race. Um, and I'm pretty sure, uh, at least in my experience, I've heard a lot of sermons about 
marathon as a as a walk as a life of faith or you might have heard the life of faith compared to a war warfare that we are uh, essentially uh, our spiritual armies and all of that language uh, and you might have heard sermons about that as well but to be honest i haven't heard much sermons about the metaphor of walking so if you'll excuse me i want to spend some time reflecting on walking as an activity like generally speaking walking as an activity because i think there's quite a few rich metaphors and things that we can learn from uh, about our spiritual life as well walking as an activity um you know this but it's probably worth interest uh, worth um, reminding ourselves that walking as a hobby right as a leisure activity is quite recent um to be precise only in the 1780s when the victorian during the victorian era when uh, before this walking used to be for the poor and uh it's it's about uh, you know like roaming around uh, joblessly or sometimes it's even con- uh, tied with criminal intention uh it was in the ni- 1780s that many authors um William Wordsworth and uh, Samuel Taylor Coleridge uh these famous walkers they the influencers of the uh, uh, generation they influenced a whole new hobby of walking and walking became a thing such an important part of uh, especially british culture but also in america as well that there's a whole thing of walking competition uh pedestrian pedestrianism became a thing walking became uh, a trend uh um and so uh, famous walkers uh, in in if you if you study a bit about philosophers and theolo- uh, theologians for example or philosophers like uh, friedrich nietzsche he is well known to have uh, walked a lot and he he was said to have uh, cleared his head by walking uh, he 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 walked to think and he would stop to take notes but his walking was his way of thinking um, shows how much how how much importance he gave to walking uh people like immanuel kant um was famous for his walking to the point that he was known locally as the guy who walked and people would time their routines according to his walk like when he comes walking like, oh that's one o'clock he was that um um uh, methodical um so there's something definitely about ther- therapeutic about walking and and we know that well i think uh it's a way of escaping from work getting out from the chairs many for many of us work involves sitting on a chair is a sedentary life so walking can be an escape from work um it's an escape from life if you like to get out to clear our heads to think straight um it's probably worth remind, rem- remembering that in the past this was not the case like uh, especially for Enoch and for um in the old testament walking was something that walking was work walking was life it was not something that you escape to do it was it was life in fact leisure is to to get out of walking <laughs> to get out of your uh, shoes and relax at home that is leisure so uh we 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 i we kind of need to put that in perspective when we think about walking um and i remember uh walking also is is contextual isn't it uh if if i think about indian cities where temperature goes up to 45 degrees or more um I'm not going to be walking in that in that sun and heat. Um the terrain matters. Like if if it's mountainous, um it's going to be a lot different from uh, uh from other places where it's more conducive for walking. Um so walking is part of life. It's um 
technologies and all of these things, uh, carriages, cars come in to help us escape walking, uh, escape, help relieve the work that we have in life. Um, also, it has to do, walking is a good reminder, uh, even today, but back in the past, walking as a remind, is a reminder of the reality of human frailty. Uh, we are, ultimately, we've got two legs. Um, we, we are limited in our speed. Uh, we are slow. Uh, we are risky. Sometimes we fall. We hurt our legs. Um, in order to get from one point to another, we need to spend our strength. It's a symbol, it's a reminder of human frailty as well. Uh, as one envir American environmentalist uh, puts it, and I really like the way she puts it here, walking is how the body measure measures itself against the earth. It puts us in context of the world. The world is big. Uh, anybody, uh, uh, all of us who walk will know one mile is a, is a big deal when we walk. Um, for, a, we talk about uh, high-speed cars and airplanes, but... Ultimately, when we're down on our feet, on the ground, walking one mile is a big deal. And that puts us in context with the reality of who we are as human beings, right? Uh, walking involves getting out into the real, uh, getting our feet dirty sometimes, uh, acknowledging the world around us, seeing the world around us. In some sense, that, that is also therapeutic because it gets us out of our own heads and see the world. But that is the reality that we, we see the world. We get out into the place uh, and we either celebrate the beauty or we face the reality of it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an activity of, um, of engaging, not detachment, of, uh, of not neglecting uh, what's around us. And I think one of the things, walking is quite a popular topic in, on the internet as well. One of the things that I find that's missing in many contemporary discussions about walking or health is that walking is also about knowing the world. It's other-oriented. Uh, I, I remember when I was growing up, we were told to walk around the neighborhood, primarily because that way we get to know people. We get to know what's the need around the, uh, around the neighborhood. If something's broken, you take a walk around, you see something broken, you go and fix it. Or, you know, it's other-oriented. Uh, whereas today, in much of the conversation, is about what I can get from the walk. And which is fine. That, that's a certain truth in that. But I think it's, uh, we take take away the richness of this metaphor when we forget that it's about others as well. We go out and see the world and we go out and know the world, being present in the world, other center, connecting with the world, putting your ground and your, your feet on the ground, so to say. So it's not just the therapeutic element of it, of it, it is also to understand the world and understand uh, those around us. Walking together, of course, is an important picture. Uh, it's it's a symbol of standing together as frail human beings. When we drive in cars versus when we are on a plane, we have different speeds. But when we walk, we have the same speed. We all walk uh, pretty much the same speed. And, and I think that's why walking is such a powerful imagery. Like people like Mahatma Gandhi, for example, his famous Dandi March, uh, in which he walked with thousands of people um, uh, as a sign of protest to the colonial government. Um, uh, it is said that Gandhi walked uh, almost 18 kilometers for 40 years daily. And uh, that, of course, there's a lot of things within that. Um, uh, it ties with his, his philosophy of uh, ethics as action rather than thinking about it. 
and all of that. But what I'm trying to show here is that walking is a sign of solidarity with one another, walking together, right? When we think of friendship, friendship is all about looking at one another, talking to one another. But we, uh, we also know that friendship is also about facing the world together, being out there in the world, not only talking to one another, but being with one another out there in the world and walking together gives, is a symbol of that. Uh, we go out, we may not be talking with one another in the world, but we face the world together. Um, when we are out with friends walking together, we are, we are three parties, both parties are friends and the world. We engage with the world when we walk together. So I think that's why walking is a, quite a rich metaphor that we can reflect on in terms of our spiritual life as well. Enoch walked with God. He faithfully walked with God, uh, it says in Genesis. In fact, you would know this, that when God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, um, it seemed like one of his design was to walk with them, so to say, in the Garden of Eden. To walk with them. God didn't just, God didn't create uh, um, the beautiful Garden of Eden and make a nice uh, indoor room where he can converse. He created the world and he designed it so that he goes out with them and he is with them in the world and walks with them in the world. Right? I mean, I think that's such a beautiful picture of how God doesn't want to just commune with us and talk to us, but he wants to share the beauty and the realities of the world with us. Uh, so Enoch walked with God, um, uh, symbolizing his harmony with God, that he was in close communion with God throughout his life. Um, um, Amos chapter 3 verse 3 you, you don't have to look at that but uh, in Amos chapter 3 verse 3 there's a very interesting short verse about walking together in which Amos says uh, walking together is about agreeing on a destination where you want to go together uh, to agree on where you want to go the destination, the shared agreement in the destination and uh, if you think about Enoch and God they, they both had the same uh, place that they want to go to. And so Enoch walked with God in harmony with God. Um, again, if we reflect on the few things that I have shared about the activity of walking, it reminds us that faith is, um, life of faith is not to be um, taken in, in, a, in, a, in a cruise where we are taken along passively. Uh, life of faith is uh, one in which we are on the ground and trudging along, sometimes, not sometimes, always limited by our own frailties, our own slowness, right? Um, limited in our own pace, and yet persistently walking along in faith. That is uh, the image that we have from the metaphor of walking with God as a life of faith. Uh, walking with God um, represents our efforts to do what is right in life. Every day, out in the world, not just in the church, not just when we read the Bible, but out in the world, out there, where we are striving to do what is right, to do what is God's will in our life. Yes, when we gather like this in a church, when we read the Bible, when we pray, we are, in a way, you might say, recharged. But we are recharged so that we can be out in the world, right? We are recharged so that we can be in the world to do God's will, where God walks with us as well. But there's also a, a positive um, element here. When we walk with our friends, 
we do it because there's an element of uh, enjoyment, element of fellowship. And it may not always be actively enjoyment. When we walk together with somebody, say, in a journey, our burdens are lightened. Uh, our loneliness can be, uh, can be reduced. And that's also the, the image that we get when we think of walking with God. When we walk with God, we experience God's presence and God's realness with us. We are not alone. Friendship and fellowship uh, of God is with us. And I think that's, uh, I, I would suggest that that's a beautiful metaphor of our relationship with God. God calls us not just to sit across the table in, uh, and talk to us, although that is part of it. He calls us so that we can be out in the world, journeying together, sometimes talking, sometimes not talking, but we are together as friends, engaging with the world and with one another through the things that we live, facing the world together. Of course, if you look at the Old Testament, there are many other figures who are said to have walked with God. Like Adam and Eve, as I mentioned, in the Garden of Eden, um, they seem to have walked with God. Noah, uh, in chapter 6, uh, if you keep going in this line of, uh, in these verses, you'll find that Noah also walked with God. Abraham is said, Abraham walked with God. Uh, the, the, uh, the, um, the patriarchs, uh, Jacob, um, all of these patriarchs, is, they are said to have also walked with God. Later on in the, the kings and the kings of Israel, Judah, many of the kings, some of the kings at least, were said to have walked with God. Elijah, the prophet, was said to have walked with God. All of these uh, are um, uh, talk about how they listened to God. They were attentive to God's will. They, they strived to obey God's uh, will in their lives, right? Let's come to uh, think about Enoch for a bit here. As I mentioned, Enoch is such a mysterious figure. Um, you, you can see from this uh, few verses as well. There are a couple of uh, very mysterious figures in, in the Bible. Uh, Enoch is one of them. You could think of people like Jabez, for example, or Melchizedek. Like passing comment about them and we have no other uh, information about them. Enoch is one of them. Uh, he's a mysterious figure. Um, but we, what we do know is that he did not die. That's uh, what Genesis chapter 6 says. He did not die. Um, so here's a mysterious figure who did not die, who went to heaven without experiencing death. I mean, it can't be any more richer than this for cooking up stories, right? Cooking up uh, sometimes conspiracy theories, but also a lot of uh, what's called cryptic, mystical stories about, um, you know, about such figures. And Enoch seems to have been quite the rich figure where all these stories could have been you know, projected. And so it's no surprise that um, in the turn of the millennia, uh, um, from 500 BC to 70 AD, around that time, which is also called uh, the Second Temple uh, uh, Judaism, there was a time when there was, a, there was uh, one of the trends, one of the uh, popular things to do in Judaism was to talk about the end, to talk about what's going to happen in the end of the days. Like, it's called apocryphal. Um, Revelation, the, the book of Revelation is one example, the te one text that comes out from that context. Enoch gets picked up in that trend. And so many stories, so many books and narratives about Enoch, because here's a guy who didn't die, here's a guy who went to heaven, so he's just the ripe figure to be talking about 
what's going to happen in the, in the end, right? When God's going to come, when Jesus is going to come back, uh, so on and so forth. So he's, um, when Hebrews, the author, Hebrews, the author of Hebrews was writing this, Enoch was a very popular figure, unlike now in which we, we are not very clear about who he is. But when Hebrews was uh, being written, he was a very popular figure. He was very influential. A lot of the church fathers talk about him. And all, all of those are interesting. You, you could probably find the book of Enoch, for example. Um, um, you could find it interesting. Uh, if you don't, that's fine. What we do know about him is that he was um, the, the great, great, great something, grandfather of Noah. And like Noah, he lived a godly life in a sinful world. He lived a godly life in a sinful world. Uh, just like Noah walked with God, Enoch has walked with God as well. In, in a world that was uh, filled with idolatry, false gods, um, imperial cults, uh, where the, 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 uh, the empires, the, the great dynasties were pro- uh, projecting divinity on the king, kings are gods, so on and so forth. In that context, Enoch was said to worship God alone. Not, not, he did not follow the idolatry, the false gods of the, of the time. In other words, Enoch followed God's will, he obeyed God's will and he obeyed God's direction. And also, if you could just go back to uh, Clement, you could go back to um, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, uh, and also we, we see a lot of the language here. Um, especially, yeah, so for, before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What is the image of Enoch that you get here? For me, the image of Enoch is one who, who, um, who experiences the joy of knowing God, of knowing God, God's walk with him. Uh, he pleased God. The language, look at please, reward. Uh, he experienced the, the goodness of God being with him. And he was rewarded in that, in that experience. Although he rejected and he was likely persecuted by the world because of his choices, he experienced the joy of knowing God was with him. And he was rewarded even for, uh, for, the, um, for the choices that he made. So in that way, even Enoch pleased God, it says. Um, God was pleased with him. Last week, we saw the story of Abel. Uh, God had favor on the sacrifice of Abel. Again, we see the same kind of um, uh, imagery here. God was pleased with Enoch's life because he chose to walk in faith. I think verse 6 is key for us to, to take away. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Um, this is not... This is not um, this is not about atheism and theism. It's not about whether God exists or not, whether uh, he's out there. It's, it's, um, it's about belief. It's about um, a faith that is uh, realized in action. Let me give you an example. If you believe that you, you bought a lottery ticket and that is the winning ticket, but you can't find it, you will search for it because you believe that that's going to give you the reward, whatever reward is being promised. It's that kind of belief, that you believe that it's there, you believe that it's going to give you uh, some benefits, and so you actively search. It's not a passive, abstract kind of 
uh, believe, ah, God is there. He's, not, he's fine. He's out there. Uh, it's a belief that it is there and, uh, and therefore we must seek him. In the same way, Enoch believed that despite all that he's seeing in the world, God was there with him. God was walking with him. And so he, he sought, he seek after God in his life. If God is there, if the treasure is there, we must seek it. In the same way, if God is there, we must seek it. If God is there, we must not only seek him, but recognize what he's doing among us and even thank him. And the, Hebrews, the author of Hebrews promises us when we seek him, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. When we seek him like that, when we believe that he's there and seek him, uh, he will reward us by uh, answering, uh, answering that uh, prayer of seeking him. Psalm 23, right? The, the verse that you may know well. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even when we go through a situation in which um, it seems like we are alone, um, to believe that God exists is to believe that God is with me in this situation. And to believe that God is doing something that's, um, that's going to be for the good of uh, those who trust in him. So with this kind of faith, Enoch uh, actively sought after God. He was convinced that God exists. And he was convinced that God is walking with him, despite all his experiences. And the reward was that God found him. He found God. And God rewarded him, as it says, by taking him away. Uh, did not experience death. And God took him away. I think um, one final reflection about this, the story here. I found it interesting that um, God... God um, I found it interesting that Enoch walked with God and then God took him away to be with him, right? Um, you might think he's, he's going he's gonna to live with God um, and that's when he walks with God. But we see from Enoch that he walked with God in this life. He didn't wait for heaven or he didn't wait, wait for uh, church to walk with God. He walked with God in this life. For 300 years, it says, that's a long, long time, right? For 300 years, in this life, he walked with God. Not only in church, so to say, not only when he's alone reading the Bible, but in the world out there, he walked with God. In fact, again, as I mentioned earlier, when we read the Bible, when we worship, that is to, to renew us, to, to, to kind of recharge us so that we can walk faithfully out there in the world. It is out there in, in life that we seek God and we experience His presence. We all, always remind, remind ourselves, God created the world to walk with His creation, to walk in His creation with us. Um, so, and I think this is uh, beautifully portrayed in uh, Micah chapter 6, if uh, Clement could uh, click. Uh, so Micah chapter 6, uh, it, it says this, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oils? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. The example of 
faith that we see in Enoch is that he walked with God and that is what God desires from us as well. Out there in the world, in our walks of life, that is where God wants to walk with us. So as a way of conclusion, I want to suggest um, hopefully something uh, practical for us to, to do as well. And the suggestion is this, walk with God literally. Um, this may be a bit, bit funny, but um, walking by itself is, is a good exercise, right? Uh, but walk, like try, try, try that out. Uh, it's good for us, it's good for our health. Um, and, um, but also as a way of being out in the world, as a way of being slowing down, right? Of walking in the same pace with people, uh, listening to what's going on in the world around us. Uh, as a way of knowing our neighborhood or uh, placing our feet down on the ground and belonging with the people in our neighborhood. Uh, I, I, was, I was quite um, moved by the realization that Jesus walked a lot, right? He walked a lot. He, it allowed him to connect with people. It allowed him to, to be available for people. Remember when um, a lot of people would reach out to him for healing, uh, it wouldn't have happened if he was in a chariot. I mean, it wouldn't have been possible if he was just whizzing around, being efficient with his time. Uh, he walked. Uh, he had definitely he had his time of prayer. He had his devotions, but he was always out there. He was always walking. Right. Uh, he even walked on water to be with his friends who were uh, facing the storm. Uh, he walked into towns. He walked towards his death. He walked out of the grave. Um, he walked everywhere. And of course, uh, you, you could uh, take that as a uh, slight metaphor as well, to be uh, on the same level of other people, to be with people, where we're not competing for each other's speed, but we are walking alongside with people. Get our feet on the ground, locate ourselves in the particular context. And this could also mean in online spaces as well, for all we know, um, um, that is the reality that we find ourselves. In whatever it may be, uh, take a proverbial walk, and locate yourselves where you are. Get down on the one mile per hour speed, the human speed that we are all aware of, um, among many others, not just human beings, but even creation, right? Uh, just to be, and as we walk, uh, seek God in that walk. Uh, do what pleases Him. Uh, try Ask what is it that pleases you. Recognize where He is already present, where He's already working, and learn to, uh, uh, learn to have a heart of uh, worship and experiencing gratefulness for what he's already doing in this world. Of course, we could. Uh, the other practical thing that we could think of is as a metaphor, to walk with God in, the, in our walk of life, uh, to seek God in our life, uh, to believe that he's already there and ask, what should I do that is your will in, in, in my workplace or in, my, uh, in, in, the, um, uh, in the house, in the household? What is the right, what is the God, godly thing to do? Um, what, what are the godly choices in, in my life that uh, God would desire for me? And try to walk in that, um, in that um, understanding. So slowing down, being human, accepting our frailty, uh, being out there in the world, being other-focused rather than just trying to get the benefits of walking, um, facing the world together with friends, together with God, doing God's will, enjoying the world, enjoying the beauty of the world, enjoying friendship, enjoying God's friendship. I think these are all the, what, we, what emerges from this metaphor of walking with God. So as a way of encouragement, if you find yourselves going too slow, maybe that is the point. In our slow journey, we must believe, as uh, Hebrews says, we must believe that God is there. God exists. He's there with us. 
So look for him. Look for ways to reflect his goodness and look for ways to follow him where you are in that slowness, in that, in that frailness. Do his will. Uh, when we come here, not just in worship, not just in uh, times of prayer, but in the world. Um, again, friendship, fellowship is not just sitting face to face and talking to one another, although that is part of it. Friendship is also going out facing the world together. And I think that's what God wants us to do. So also with God, earnestly seek God in your walk of life. In life, in our walk of faith, there are steps, you know, like stairs. To st- there'll still be stairs to climb. There'll still be times when our legs are sore. Uh, there's still going to be times of tiredness and rest, time of rest, time of exhaustion. Uh, and it's going to be slow, but in that slowness, we seek to go and walk with God. Let us pray and then we will uh, continue to respond through songs. Lord, we humble ourselves before you because you are the creator and we are only creature. And Lord, we we want to uh, know what it means to walk with you. Uh, We focus on these examples of faith and today we think of Enoch and you have told us to learn from these life of faith, these examples of faith. So we want to be like Enoch. We want to be known as people who walked faithfully with you. We want to be people who search for ways to walk according to your will, to know your presence with us even when it doesn't feel like it, and to enjoy your fellowship, to be rewarded like Enoch, to be rewarded with your your presence and your goodness. So Lord, help us in our uh, walk of faith. Uh, as you walk with us. Help us to be attentive to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.